and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and today we're going to be tackling the subject of education. It's commonly understood amongst parents that teenagers are never wrong. So if they're never wrong, then perhaps teenagers should lead the world. Allow me to elaborate. It's my opinion that the school system, at least the North American public school system, is broken. From class sizes, to student-teacher ratios, to class configuration, to the curriculum, I don't think we have it right. We're not producing thinkers. We're producing conformists. There was a sinking feeling in my heart and in my ex-wife's heart shortly after we sent our second child to kindergarten. The first indication came after a parent-teacher interview in which the teacher informed us that our son had a hard time sitting still during circle time. The manner in which she enforced our son's compliance was disagreeable to us. We really should have known at that moment that the public school system wasn't the place for our son. But youth and inexperience hadn't yet provided us the confidence and the means to make a change. So we let the system prevail. As the years went on, it was apparent to us that our son did not enjoy school. And it's a crying shame that we still didn't do anything about it, something that's made both of us feel a tremendous amount of guilt. Nevertheless, our boy continued the journey and, in our opinion, was robbed of his individuality, his uniqueness, his curiosity, and his passion for learning. And we, as parents, were equally as culpable as the system. Now, I share this story because we're not alone. So many parents that I know have a similar story, have the same misgivings about their children's education, and feel the same powerlessness. There is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to teaching and to learning. And before this episode goes any further, I'm going to proclaim that I don't have the answer. I've got some ideas that I'll share, but they're just that, ideas. I'll also say that I have the utmost respect for teachers, school administrators, and anyone for that matter in the education field. I simply believe that the system got away from us and has been so perverted along the way that A, it doesn't serve our children's needs anymore, B, does not fulfill what it intends to fulfill, and C, should be overhauled in order to break the cycle of mediocrity that we support with our tax dollars and our inaction. The reality of life in the 21st century, for those of us living in first world countries, is that we are connected through capitalism. We work for money, sell products and services for money, largely measure success through money, and imbibe a culture that revolves around material possessions. For the most part, that reality is unavoidable because we've largely stopped thinking for ourselves. We could escape it if we wanted to, but we don't. We fear the unknown more than we fear what we already know. Your feelings on our capitalistic society aside, it seems to me that our school system is failing to prepare our children for modern-day life, and worse off, 
setting them up to be just like their parents who are trapped in a stifling system that doesn't really value individuality and independent thinking. So many people whose ideas go against the grain and whose ideas are not backed up by our society's ideal of building block knowledge are shunned and outright castigated. When I say building block knowledge, I'm referring to the belief that all new ideas should be derivatives of established ideas and concepts. And what I feel is missing is a new way of looking at new ideas that aren't necessarily connected to the dogmatic canon of educational building blocks. One of the problems as I see it is that so little attention in schools these days is devoted to the study of self. And the ignorance of such illumination poses a significant disadvantage not only to our children, but to society as a whole. And when I say self, I'm talking about the exploration of our emotions. I'm talking about the exploration of our brains, how they work, and how best to use them. I'm talking about the relationship between the mind and body. I'm talking about the exploration of our place on the earth and our relationship with nature. Not nearly enough time is devoted to the acquisition of this essential knowledge. If it were, I contend that we'd have less health issues, less corruption, less violence, less destruction, more harmony, more creativity, more compassion, and certainly more possibilities. If one of life's goals is to live a fulfilling and evolving life, then how will that ever be possible if we don't focus much more attention on understanding ourselves through our untapped potential. Our school system is teaching children and young adults to do as they've always done. Inspire learning, in quotations, may be a mantra in some places like it is in the district in which my kids go to school, but it's not nearly enough as we're not actively searching for the best ways to revolutionize our futures through paradigm shifts in thinking. Sure, we can teach anyone the mathematical and engineering skills necessary to build bridges, but are we teaching our children how to use the mind to look at challenges in a unique way? I would ask, is a bridge even necessary? Are we coaching our children to use passion, compassion, and pure imagination in their creation? Because the next paradigm shift in thinking is so far removed from what we currently think that we don't see it coming. Nuclear weaponry ironically provides a poignant historical example. It's widely known that prior to the detonation of an atomic bomb over Hiroshima, Japan, the world at large was oblivious of this new technology. When the bomb was detonated and the proverbial cat was out of the bag, it resulted in a paradigm shift in how the citizens of the world viewed their very existence and their safety amid a new global reality. While it is our duty to honor the innocent Japanese lives that were lost to such a devastating act, I don't know that we fully appreciate the extent to which nuclear weaponry affected the mental well-being of the citizens of the world. Imagine that. One day, you're living your life, and the next day, you learn that technology exists that could wipe out your entire city with the flip of a switch. 
That is an incredible realization, isn't it? I'm going to ask, does such a hidden secret exist today that would radically alter our realities for better or for worse, changing the way in which we view our place in the world or the universe? Maybe. Maybe not. But let's find one. Let's find a secret so big that it changes our lives permanently and for the better. Let's teach our kids to discover these secrets and these hidden truths. Let's teach our kids to create compassionate new realities. Let's turn the world upside down. This is the kind of thinking it's going to take to change the world for the better. And how long would that take, you might ask? Actually, I think it could happen pretty quickly. Here's my idea. For the most part, what we teach our children in school doesn't equip them to be successful. And when I say successful, I'll define success as the ability to accomplish whatever our children desire. And yet by the time our kids exit high school, they're largely riddled with anxiety, confusion, and fear. One need only look at our hospitals and our therapists' waiting rooms to confirm this. This is the foundation the education system has built for our kids so that they can enter the adult world where they'll decide what career or further education paths to pursue. And the main problem with the current education system as I see it is that it fails to properly culture and nurture positive, peaceful, and progressive beliefs. Too much emphasis is based on results and not enough emphasis on why we use the how. I could do an entire episode on that last sentence, but what I'm saying is that results are terrific, but we're always going to get the same results if we use the same formulas. So figuring out why we use the how is the first step in discovering new ways to come up with new results. Challenging the established ideas of why we do things is a gateway to coming up with innovative new ways to come up with answers that might just open new doors. It has to begin with a question. And that question is why? But let's keep moving forward with this idea of how we're going to turn the world upside down in a short period of time. Scientific evidence exists that children formulate their beliefs between the ages of zero and five. Therefore, it stands to reason that we ought to be focusing our entire curriculum during this critical age period on positive, peaceful, and progressive beliefs. If you'd like to delve a little deeper into the topic of belief, there's a wonderful article in the Indian Journal of Psychiatry housed in the U.S. National Library of Medicine called The Biochemistry of Belief. I found it to be extremely interesting. So, if we focus on beliefs from the ages of zero to five, we stand a wonderful chance of bolstering our children's evolving belief system with beautiful ideals. Exactly what those beautiful ideals are could be hotly contested, I totally acknowledge. But we'd also stand a chance of pushing out the negative beliefs that are sometimes hereditary and sometimes a product of our environment. During this period of education, lessons would revolve around age-appropriate case studies that highlight and demonstrate the positive impact of having such worthy ideals and beliefs. 
By the time our beliefs are more or less crystallized by the end of age five, it would be the right time to begin learning about the powers of the conscious mind. These could be ongoing lessons from ages six to 12, focusing on areas of development such as imagination, perception, reason, memory, intuition, and will. In addition to these teachings, again, age-appropriate case studies would be studied that cover the methodology behind humanity's greatest achievements, such as the understanding of math, science, economics, psychology, arts, and self, just to name a few. I'm not proposing for a second that we abandon these disciplines, but I'm advocating that we teach them in a radically different way. Once again, that we study why we use the how. Once the children begin to understand how the conscious faculties impact our unconscious abilities and how conversely our unconscious minds affect our conscious faculties, we would enter the final teaching phase of manifestation or execution. Manifestation slash execution lessons would be similar to today's version of co-op placements, where children would have to use their education to solve real-world problems using their positive beliefs, their ability to imagine and invent, and their fervent desire for peaceful, helpful, and compassionate resolutions, all the while drawing on knowledge of how the greats of our ages set about making their most noteworthy discoveries. My sincere belief is that by the age of 12, yes 12, we'll have nurtured children that will be capable of using their minds to their fullest potential. Something that is rarely accomplished in our civilization. Okay, I've got a confession to make. Earlier this week, my mom sent me a link to a video about what learning will look like in the future. When I received it, I'd already started creating this exact episode. So I told myself that I wasn't going to touch that link until after I'd finished creating. You see, I didn't want anyone to color my thinking on the subject matter to which I was giving great thought. So I ignored it. But after I'd essentially finished my brainstorming and the organization of my thoughts, I decided that hmm, before I go to record, I should probably have a quick listen, just in case I'm missing anything revolutionary. Well, I'm glad I did, because the link brought me to a fascinating talk from Mind Valley's founder, Vishen Lakiani. As it turns out, much of what he's doing is aligned with the thoughts that I'd intuitively discovered. Without going into detail, Lakiani believes that traditional education has become irrelevant. It says so word for word, right on Mind Valley's homepage. And what actually made me laugh out loud is that when I was telling my wife about the episode I'm creating and the link that my mom had sent me, she looked at me and said, what, you never heard of Mind Valley? I've been following these guys for years. <laughs> so always remember the name of this podcast. It's Almost Enlightened. I don't know why I find that so funny, but suffice to say that this guy, me, is always learning. Earlier in this episode, I made the comment that our school system is producing conformists. Conformity, the way I see it, is the conscious or unconscious intention to follow or be part of the status quo. And I'll expand that idea to include thought, whereby conformity equals homogeneity of thought, 
This is the category that over 99% of us fall into. You may question that reality, but how many instances of radical thinking do you hear about on a daily basis? Our news feeds cycle the same boring stories that we read every day, reinforcing the notion of conformity. Now, examples do exist of radical thinking, but they're so few and far between that we see the same stories over and over again. And it's a shame that the really interesting and radical ideas seldom get the mainstream media attention that they deserve. The consequence of conformity is that in our education system, we crush our children into submission, and more so our teenagers, by instilling a standardized way of learning that mandates a certain way of looking at the world and deriving conclusions. Our system will have us believe that everyone learns the same way, which is utter nonsense. Of course our teenagers are naturally rebellious because they're intuitively fighting our illogical and backward system. And parents, we're part of the problem and we might not even know it because our thinking is rooted in a system that stifled our creativity and our ability to see clearly. Our teens are naturally fearless because they ought not fear anything. We've simply created a world in which there's too much fear. In short, our children and our teens are fighting for what's in their heart, even if the vast majority of them lost the thread ages ago. But there's still a glimmer of truth inside every child and every teen. In fact, I'll stretch that to include us adults too. And this is why they fight. Teach them how to know and how to program their unconscious. Teach them how to manifest their desires that are in accordance with their beliefs. And we will develop thinkers and leaders. The time for 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50, 60, or 70-year-old leaders is done. These leaders only know the beliefs of a corrupted society. If we teach our children correctly, they will create like da Vinci did. They will resolve like Gandhi did. And they will love like Mother Teresa did. When taught properly, there is no reason to believe that teenagers shouldn't lead the world. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate you.